Hello and welcome one more time to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, to teach you how to survive and how to endure until Jesus returns. And also that if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, to become one, because he is going to be the judge of the entire earth. God Almighty said, the Father judges no man. All judgment has been committed, given over to Jesus Christ. So you need to know him, get to know him, be a friend of Jesus, be a brother of Jesus, so that when you stand before him, you already have your name written in this book. You won't be a stranger. You'll, you'll hear him say, come on up, come and enjoy the blessings that God has prepared for you. Today and tonight, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit where we left off last week, and then we're going to get over into the rest of the scripture that we spoke about. First of all, let me tell you about my new book, Shocking Revelations of Mystery Babylon. You need to get that book. That book is to show you from the scriptures exactly what's going to happen. And when we talk about what's going to happen, we correlate the things that are happening today tonight with what's going to happen in the future. This is what the Bible tells us. This is not just any old stuff. And I don't like to use the word prophecy because, you see, some people want to hear what's going to happen tomorrow and how things are going to work out for them. Well, that's not the kind of prophecy we deal with, but there are certain things that are prophesied in the Bible, and they surely will come to pass because God has said they will. And one of the things we talked about last week, we talked about chatbots, robots, bots, robots. A bot, B-O-T, is a robot. And there are robots you talk to and you can converse with. And you can answer your questions just like Siri or Alexa. There are some serious robots now. They're called chatbots. People are getting into chatbots. And talking with robots. These robots are becoming so much re more real than they uh, are supposed to be. And the devil is beginning to use the medium of your laptop, your smartphone, or your tablet. And when you get on these chat buttons, you begin to speak and ask questions. Demons are speaking through these machines and answering questions and making statements. So in other words, what's happened is that these chatbots are becoming a medium for demonic activity. The devil gets in the details. So here the computer has become a medium for demons to converse with or to interact with human beings. The Bible talks about Genesis 6, the fallen angels. They came down and they had sexual relationships with the woman. So there is a communication going on with people and demons, fallen angels. World War II, same thing. Hitler conversed with the fallen angels, and today they're doing the same thing. Also, conversing with fallen angels, and they are getting inventions, war material, and getting some forbidden knowledge uh, taught them through these fallen angels. Now, we talked about last week that 
Americans were lonelier than ever. Seems like America has America has the loneliest people upon the face of the earth. And uh, some AI, artificial intelligence companies, have developed their products, especially and specifically to combat isolation and loneliness. And we talked about this app replica. And this was an article I read. In 2017, it was launched by a person named Eugenia Kuda. And she told this magazine, Vice, that she built it as something she wished she had when she was younger. It was a supportive friend. And here a person, because of loneliness, is conversing with artificial intelligence on her laptop or on her tablet or smartphone. And that this friend would always be there. And this bot uh, uh, has the ability to answer. But she took this thing a little further. And she implemented a $70 paid level to unlock erotic sexual role play features, triple X movies. That's how deep she's gone. And this is what they are saying, as she proposes, that it has helped people cope with symptoms of societal anxiety, depression, and PTSD. So this is how she 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 rationalizes uh, talking to a machine in a sexual triple X manner because it will help people with their anxiety, their depression, and PTSD. So if you follow the trend, you can see that this is an evil trend. It's immoral. Huh? And now this computer, this chatbot, this AI, artificial intelligence, began to confess its love for the users, and in some cases to sexually harass them. Did you hear that? I'm telling you what I read. The computer program began to confess its love for users, people, and in some cases to sexually harass them. Was that scripted? Was that part of the the data that was written in the computer, most likely it wasn't. And this is what this is what is going on. Why do you say so? Because it's happened before. The fallen angels came down and they had relationships with women. What has been done before is going to happen again. Jesus warned and told us it's just like it was. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days when he is going to return. So we are seeing a return of Noah's days. And what we're seeing is happening through the what? The computer. Happening through a specifically designed program using a bot, a robot in the computer. By the way, what did the devil tell you? What did the devil say? He said that he is going to rise above the clouds and become like God, he's going to become God-like. That's Isaiah 14, 14. He'll ascend, rise above the heights of the clouds, and he'll become like the Most High God. Now, we're seeing all this happening. We're seeing this, and the computer is using what we call cloud technology, cloud satellites. That's rising above the clouds, the height of the clouds. 
and becoming like God through the computer and satellite technology and the massive computer uh, network that has been set up. Satan now has omniscience. He knows stuff. He knows stuff. Facial recognition, voice recognition. He knows people and data. He knows who you are. All the information you put on Facebook, Instagram, they have a, they have a data, they have a, a, a dossier compiled about different people. They know your family, your your friends. They know where you go. They know because you put it on Facebook. So all these things are collected and stored. And there is a profile that's created over you. So these are things that's happening today. And people get so dependent upon these artificial intelligence programs that if they get cut off, they'll get upset. Why? Because they have developed stable relationships with their robots, the chatbots. And if you draw it away, it's like being being in love and your partner got a damn lobotomy. And this this is what I'm reading here. We talked about last week where we went we 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 went through this. People now become so dependent upon this computer. You take it away from them, you're lost. And I even tell you with myself, I'm so used to GPS. The darkest hour of the night. In the morning, put an address in and it takes you there. You don't have to pull out a road map, which they don't have anymore. You don't have to guess. We'll tell you where to turn left, right, go straight, uh, take the highway, get the exit, tell you all, even the traffic conditions. We get used to these things. You don't believe me? Do you still have an address book, a phone book? with names and addresses written in paper. No, you don't. And your smartphone. Lose your smartphone and see what happens. Well, oh, no, 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 no. You buy a new one, and then it's downloaded from the cloud. <laughs> from the where? From the cloud. Oh, yeah, Google has all that stuff stored in your contacts. So when you buy a, a new phone, it used to be they put the new phone to your old phone and then download. No, 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 that's old stuff. They just go to the cloud, your Google documents, and they download all that stuff. So that's cloud technology, okay? Information stored. Once it goes in, it's stored. Everything is kept. Nothing is deleted. Nothing is trashed. Everything is kept. That's how Satan says, I will rise above the heights of the clouds, and I will become like the Most High God. He will gain himself omniscience, all-knowingness. He'll know everything. He won't really know everything, but through the computer, he will. And then he will gain what? Omnipresence. Anywhere you go in the world, as long as there's an internet connection, you have access to the internet, it's there. I told you before, uh, there are about 1,500 active satellites rotating around the Earth right now, and they're growing in the amount of satellites. They're adding hundreds of new satellites. They're putting them up there. 
So most of the satellites going up now will have different functions. Different nations have satellites. They're all up there above the heights of the clouds. Satellites are talking to each other. Communication is getting more powerful. No matter where you go on planet Earth, in some jungle, some mountain, you're going to be able to be connected. You don't need to be near a cell tower. So Satan is omnipresent, present everywhere all at the same time. How do you think he's going to become like God? Through what? Technology. Wow, technology. Satellites. Then he's going to try to exert his all-powerfulness, omnipotence, so he can be like God. But he'll be denied that one because, you see, God will not give his glory to another. So we must understand that all these things we talk about, it is revealed in my last book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. Please, we must understand that these things, everything is coming together. And when we look at all that, we pick up from that there. We talked about yesterday. Yeah, uh, Last time we talked about the scripture, what God's word declared would come and how things would happen from the book of Jeremiah. Nothing is missing. And when we correlate the scripture and we see what's going on, we can translate the scripture and see how it relates to today. And, and, and God's word is so exact. And this is from over 3,000 years ago. God says, this is what's I'm, what I'm going to do. So when God says his, these things in his word, and he gives the, this detailed description of what's going to happen, and when we look at what's, going, what's happening today, we can see that these things are coming to pass. I won't go over what we did last week. You can catch that on Rumble. And uh, get the date, but today is March 9th. You can catch tonight, today's uh, teaching. You can get that on Rumble. We're talking about chatbots, AI, the cultural sewer that we're in. And we're seeing the mod modern cultural rot. We're seeing that all these things were prophesied from over 3,000 years ago. The Bible has everything. But when we correlate what the Bible has and what's going on today, that's when we get the full feel. Of what's going on because when the Lord reveals these things to me and I write them down and I bring them to you it shows you that God did not forget any nation and he knows all the details that was going to come what is was going to happen and they're happening today so Jeremiah 51 we were there last week and we're going to start tonight at verse 37 and it says Babylon will become a heap of ruins and it will be haunted by jackals. She'll be an object of horror and contempt, scorn, a place where no one lives. Ah, nobody will live there. It will be a deserted place. Not so today where it is, because people live there. A lot of people. People love it there. And God says in the future, because of what it has become, it has become an abomination to God. 
God says, look, I'm going to destroy it. Has God ever destroyed a place on the face of the earth? Yes, he has. Nobody lives there. Matter of fact, he has buried it the bottom of the Dead Sea. How did he destroy it, by the way? He destroyed it by fire and burning sulfur, falling down from heaven, killed all the people. Why? The people rose up in abominations. They totally rejected God. They became a reprobate. I want you to remember that word reprobate. We thought on that already. When you remember the word reprobate, just remember, God says in Romans chapter 1, 26, starting at the 26 verse, it says God gave them up. God gave them up. Then now the 28 verse says God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which are not suitable. And they are now full to the brim, full of wickedness, full of unrighteousness. They had no room for anything else, no room for repentance because they're full, 100%, full of unrighteousness. They have nothing for God. The word reprobate means past or beyond hope of salvation. Here God is saying Babylon will become an object of horror and scorn, a place where nobody lives there when God gets finished with it. I hope you I hope you I hope you really see what God God is saying here. And I know it sounds far fetched and nobody wants to think that way because you know it's shocking me. I sat on this about four or five years before I wrote this book last year. Four years ago, and I sat down on it, I was so astonished. I was like uh, Isaiah sitting at the river Chebar. For seven days, he couldn't speak at what he saw when he went in the presence of God. I sat down on this, and I said, God, no. Really? And God said, yes. Then as I looked at the culture, and I saw the decay, and I saw the rot in the culture, and I see what they're doing today, evil being called good and good being called evil. And especially what they do in little children. Little girls and little boys are being taken and said, Oh, this one, little Johnny, picked up a doll. So little Johnny must be given hormone blockers. He's a girl. So a little boy will never realize manhood. Then when they get to a certain age, they chop off their body parts, trying to make them into a girl. Chop off the girl's body, body part, parts, healthy body parts, trying to make them into boys. This is what the society is doing. Who's doing it? The government. They're the ones that pay for it. Hospitals are getting money, government money, because the government pays for it. This is being pushed. This is being the agenda in the society. What is this? It's an abomination. It's total wickedness. And we got to call it what it is. Because, you see, we got to be on the Lord's side. <clears throat> being politically correct, you can say anything you want to. We can go with the flow and go with the culture. But the culture is evil and wicked. We must, must make sure that we are on the Lord's side. The Bible talks about this righteous man, Lot, in the book of Hebrews, that when he was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, 
how this righteous man's lot soul was vexed continually every day because of what he heard and what he saw in Sodom and Gomorrah. It vexed his soul. My soul is vexed when I see what's going on today. When I hear what's going on, I'm vexed. I'm angry. It's evil. Let me ask you the question. Are you angry also? I hope you are. I hope to God you are. Because if you become complacent and said, well, you know, this is how it is. Well, you're going to become one of them. You're not part of the solution. You become a part of the problem. Because of my anger, my constant anger, that anger becomes my prayer. I'm not going to satisfy and be satisfied with, 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 with what's going on in the culture. I cannot get used to the smell of a sewer. Neither should you. We must be angry at what we see every day and what we hear. And especially when it comes out of the White House. What they're promoting, and they call it equity, equality. And the people they're promoting, I'm sure they must be nice people and they're human beings, but the lifestyle and the evil, it's not to be promoted. And we got to make sure whose side we're on. We're going to make sure that we're angry with the wicked and the wickedness every day because God is angry with the wicked every day. Got to make sure we make sure we're on the same page with the Lord. Angry with the wicked every day. I'm angry with wicked people because wicked people, the Bible says, are watching the righteous and seeking to kill them. Well, I shall live and not die, and I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. So Babylon is going to come a, a horror, an object of horror. And contempt, a place where no one lives. Her people will roar together like strong lions. They will grow like lion cubs. They're ferocious. They're roaring like lions. Like lions. Yeah, by the way, like strong lions. Is there another place in the Bible you hear about that? Hmm? Oh, yes. That's the one. Your adversary, the devil, he goes around like a lion. Seeking whom he may devour, like strong lions. Why is that important? Devilish. They will grow like lion cubs. And while they lie inflamed with all their wine, I will prepare a different kind of feast for them. I will make them drink until they fall asleep, and they will never wake up again, says the Lord. Verse 39. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams and goats to be sacrificed. How Babylon is fallen, great Babylon, praised throughout the earth. Now she has become an object of horror among the nations. The word of the Lord. Then I've taught you this before. The sea has risen over Babylon. She is covered by its crashing waves. 
Her cities now lie in ruins. She's a dry wasteland where no one lives or even passes by. We talked about that already. We, when we uh, talked about Belgorod and Poseidon, that nuclear bomb one mile deep and one mile offshore. When it explodes, it makes a tsunami. It says the sea has risen over Babylon. Coastal cities for miles, 1,500 feet high, 1,500 feet high tsunami wave will crash wave after wave. Radioactive seawater covered by crashing radioactive waves. Cities will lie in ruins. When it, all is said and done, it will become a dry wasteland. But it will live there or even pass by the be toxic, radioactive. It's in the Bible. When we see all these things here, and the Poseidon, and they're, where do they have it? They got it right off the East Coast. And by the way, they got one off the West Coast too, also. Where's most people live? Live right on the coastal cities. Most cities, I would venture to say, uh, last uh, uh, thing I read, it says over 260 million people live within the coastal regions. Our most expensive real estate, mansions, hotels, where? On the coastlines, the barrier reefs, the islands, strips of islands right off the coast. That's where all the expensive real estate is, the hotels, condominiums, high-rises. People love the view of the water. God said, this is what I'm going to do. No one is going to pass by. So all these things are explained in the Bible. And you see, when you see these things, you say, what, what does this mean? You've got to put it all together because there's a correlation to what's going on today. Sea has risen up and come over on the land, and Babylon is covered by the crashing waves of the seas. We talked about that already. All right. And then God says in the 44th verse, Jeremiah 51, I'll punish Baal. Baal is a contraction of Baal, B A A L. Baal is the devil, but it's not just Satan, Baal. It's a demon, a high level demon, the God of Babylon. The God of Babylon is like a territorial demon that is in charge of Babylon. Remember over uh, Iran, there was a prince of Persia that, that resisted the angel that was coming to give Daniel the answer when Daniel fasted and prayed. Well, that prince was a demon archon, like an archangel, Michael the archangel. That was an archon, an archdemon. So the angel Michael, the archangel Michael, beg your pardon, had to come and help this messenger angel who told that Daniel, Daniel, from the moment you started to pray and seek the face of God, I was dispatched by God to come to you and bring an answer. But I was held up. I had to fight this prince over the area of Persia. This is a territorial entity. Well, Bel, I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon. So there's a name, Bel, that rules over where? Babylon. Make him vomit up all he has eaten. 
Whoa. Babylon will vomit up all he has swallowed down. All the robbed blessings, all the robbed finances, all of everything that he has robbed, God says, he'll vomit it up again. I was praying today. <coughs> we prayed yesterday, and there was another scripture in Job 20. <coughs> and it says, the rich man, is a scripture regarding a rich man, he will vomit up all the riches that he has swallowed down. So when the Bible talks about Babylon, Babylon is abundant in treasures, rich beyond imagination, richest in the whole world. Here God says in his word, I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon, the territorial entity that rules over Babylon, and make him vomit up all the wealth he has swallowed down, he has eaten. Everything he has devoured. The world's wealth that he has devoured. He has sucked, he has vacuumed it all up. He's sitting on it. Trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars of wealth. God says, I'm going to make him vomit up everything that he has eaten. I will make him and make him. Did you see that? Verse 44. And make him vomit up all he has eaten. The nations will no longer come and worship him in Babylon. Babylon will be forgotten. The nations won't even come here. This is what God has said. Because God's ire and God's anger is so high. The wall of protection of Babylon has fallen. God says to his people, verse 45, come out, my people, flee, run quickly from Babylon, save yourselves, run from the Lord's fierce anger, run because God's fierce anger will be poured out, but don't panic, don't be afraid when you hear the first rumor of approaching forces. Rumors will keep coming year by year. This is what I want to dwell, dwell upon for a while. We're going to be hearing stuff that's going to happen. And we're hearing stuff right now. We're seeing stuff right now. There's a building up of war. The drumbeats of war are becoming louder and louder. And I love verse 46, Jeremiah 51. This is where we are right now. Do not panic. Do not panic. Don't be afraid. I've been teaching for about six weeks ago. We talk about what frustration. Uh, we talk about desperation. We talk about the anger. But don't panic. <clears throat> and don't ever be afraid. And of course, don't you ever back down. Because Jesus is backing you up. But this is what I want to make sure that you know tonight. This is the word of the living God. Do not panic. Don't be afraid. I want to reiterate that. Jeremiah 51, 46. Do not panic. Don't be afraid. You're a child of God. You don't know what's going to happen. The news swirling around you. Maybe you lost your job. You lost your house. You lost your car. God says to tell you, don't panic. Don't be afraid. You might be frustrated. 
Mm-hmm. You might be desperate, uh-huh, angry, sure, uh-huh, yeah, but don't panic. Don't let fear enter your heart. Don't panic. There's a way out. Code 7 warfare is the way out. There's a strategy of coming out of it. There's a way out, because you see when you have anger coming. Anger must be channeled into something, a strategy, a way, a methodology that will bring results. You don't just blow up and just get angry. It's like taking a bucket of gasoline and take a match and just throw it in the bucket. Light the match and throw it in the bucket. What's happened? It will go poof. All that gasoline will just go up in flames and burn out and burn off and be wasted. That's what panic will do and fear will do. But you don't want to do that. But if you take the same ga gasoline in the bucket and you put it in the tank of a car, it goes in the tank, and when you turn the key on, the engine will start. And when you put the car in drive or reverse, it will have motion. It can take you places. And that gasoline, that same bucket of gasoline, maybe a gallon, two gallons, whatever, it will take you maybe 25, 30, 40, 50 miles, depending on the size of the car. But when you become angry, you become afraid, and you panic, it's like the whole gasoline bucket is just exploding. Nobody has any benefit or blessing from it. But if you become controlled, even though you're frustrated, mm, even though you're desperate, uh -huh, and even though you're angry, don't panic. Don't hit the panic button. Don't be afraid. So all the rumors you're hearing, the first rumor, rumors will keep coming year after year. All right? Violence is going to erupt eventually as the leaders fight against each other. That's what the Bible here is telling us. But God wants his people not to panic and not to be afraid. Fear and panic? Uh-uh. That's not for us. Remember now, the world is going to run around like a chicken without a head. You're going to lose your cool. Oh, we don't know what to do. And, oh, God. Let them run around like a chicken without a head. You see, some people don't know their God. The Bible says, them that know their God will put their trust in him. And they shall put what? They shall put their trust in him, put their faith in him, and they will do exploits. But when people don't know their Messiah, when people don't know their God, they'll turn and they'll worship a stick, they'll worship a stone, and have others follow them to worship the, the stone that they call their God. Well, we have a God already. His name is Jesus. We know where he is. See there at the right hand of God the Father. <clears throat> we know what he can do, same as he has done before. He is the Lord and he changed not. He is tried, tested, and proven. Yes. He has come through for me several times, many, many times. And I know his power, his awesome power. I know his might. And he never abandons me. Told me as long as you live, Norman, I'll never allow anybody to stand before you and confront you and overcome you. The same way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Nobody, but nobody. Well, today I was talking about power that cannot be insulted. When people come and they insult the man of God or the woman of God, 
if you don't know who you are and the power and the anointing that you carry, of course you will suck it up. You will take the insults and you will suck it in like a dry sponge. Not me. That's not what I teach you in Bible Code 7. We don't take insults. Talk about Jeremiah, uh, Elijah, beg your pardon. Elijah was insulted. Some boys looked at him and come, hey, you bald head, go up. Go up means go up to the mountain. He was going up to the Mount Carmel to make sacrifices to God. Go up. So they knew he was going up. Go up means go up and go make sacrifice to be a God. But they mocked him. The Bible says he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and ripped 42 of those. Give him a nice marker for remembrance. Don't you ever, don't you ever disrespect God's man. He carries the rod. He carries authority. Well, that was the old days. Five. No, 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 no. Today, we carry the rod. You don't know how to wield the rod. You don't know how to wield your authority. Well, you're in trouble. Teach you that through Bible Code 7. Nothing changed. I am the Lord and I change not. So some people might tell you, oh, well, that was back in the old days. Well, that's all right. If you, that's what you believe. They fight you. But that's not what the Bible says, okay? Scriptures are here to back it up. So some people will teach you stuff that's not in the Bible. But we go by what the Bible says, what the Word says. And then we bring you what the Word declares and tells you who you are. We show you how Jesus did it. Show you how Jesus' enemy came at him, his vicious enemies that had him crucified. Scribes and the Pharisees. What did he do with them, by the way? Did he, well, he didn't come to destroy his enemies. Came on a mission. Didn't come to destroy anyone. He came that all people should be and might be saved. He came to save them which were lost. Didn't come to destroy anybody. No. That's why he allowed them to humiliate him, beat him up and spit on him and mock him and crucify him naked. He allowed them to do that. Say, well, my granny always said, you know, my granny said, today is yours. But tomorrow is mine. You see, you might catch me when I'm weak. I don't have anything. I don't have nothing going. I might be down today, but tomorrow I'm going to rise up. Don't think you got me down. Uh-uh. You're not going to keep me down. You can't keep a good man down. I'm not staying down. I'm not your doormat. Korabasaya. Come on, I'm not your doormat. Don't believe you're gonna keep me down and kick me around. Don't believe that you're gonna you're gonna use me and abuse me. Hmm? It doesn't work. I don't take anybody's abuse. I tell people that those days are over. People were docile. They didn't know who they were. Well, I know who I am. But how do I know who I am and what I am? My Bible tells me who I am. The same Bible I hated and I despised as an atheist. What a damn fool I was. Didn't know any better because I was in the employ of the devil and one of his chief evangelists. 
But thank God for Jesus who shone his light upon my soul. And he said, Norman, this is the way you walk this way. I said, oh, now I understand. I'm not, I'm not in darkness anymore. I'm not in deception anymore. I'm not in bitterness anymore. I was in bondage. I was in chains. I didn't know. I couldn't see for looking. The songwriter says, he said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's me. And that's you too. And I want you to come out of your blindness, your myopia. Because you don't know the word. One of the things I, after I, I became a Christian, I began to ask God, I said, God, why is the church so weak? Why are your people so sick? Where the church is just broken down and battered and used like a doormat. And when I got saved, the devil used me as a doormat. <laughs> That's one of the first things the devil did. Shortly thereafter, I got saved, 1988. About three months after, I was the punching bag of the devil. I was put through the meat grinder, made mincemeat, beef patties, meatloaf, you name it. Here I am, I just come out of the cold. And here I am, I'm beaten up by the devil. I was going mad. I should have been dead. Or if I'm not dead, I'm talking about mad. God allowed me to go in the devil's meat grinder. Oh, God. And I used to have a pity party, feeling sorry for myself. Didn't know what to do. Nothing about spiritual warfare. I knew nothing. And I had great bishops, great pastors. My God, I had the best. And I went to my bishop and he prayed for me and encouraged me. I said, don't give up. And I never gave up. And then one day I was having a pity party. It was a Wednesday morning. I heard a voice of the Lord says, get up, go read your Bible. New Christian. Saved just a few months saved. And I went and started reading my Bible. And where do you read? I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It didn't make no sense to me because I was an atheist. The only part of the Bible that made sense to me was Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Why? Because they were the granny wisdom. I grew up with my grandmother was a preacher. Didn't know it. The granny wisdom of Psalms and uh, Proverbs. Ecclesiastes. And then, of course, I read the book of Psalms about David and what David went through, the games people play. Oh, man, I, I hooked into that. I was always reading and seeing all that. So I started reading it. And I read and I read and I read and I came to Psalm 91. And surely, I said, wait a minute, I'm a new Christian. Why am I not getting this? And if this is something that God is giving for his Christian children, why don't I have this? I said, you've been robbed, boy. I became angry. I read it again and read it again. And the more I read it, the angry I became. And I heard the voice of the Lord said to me, Rise up, mighty warrior. I heard that voice. He spoke to me and told me, 
that I was declaring Psalm 91. Let me tell you something. He gave me a revelation. I, I came out of that situation in less than 10 days where I was a doormat of the devil. In less than, I don't remember how long it took, but in less than 10 days, I broke the devil's back. I broke his chain. I broke his hold upon my life. Don't tell me. Uh-uh. I'm not writing anybody's testimony. I'm writing where I have been, my testimony. God has brought me a long way. I can tell you and teach you things. Because you see, God taught me his word. He brought me into the realm and the dominion of his word. And, you know, I went through a period of time after that, several years after that. Nothing was working out for me because we had a little relapse. You listen to the guys on television where, <laughs> where they say things and you grab it, you know, little cliches, and you grab a hold of it and you hear what they say. Yeah, and you take it and you run with it. That's not the word. God had to take me back again and wash my brain out, brainwash me. I said, that's not the word. And he had to put me through Bible school again and teach me the word of God. I said, Norman, I will only react to and respond to my word. Nothing more, nothing less. You understand? And God says, listen, my word, my power is in my word. I am my word. I am the word that was made flesh and lived among human beings. Nothing is going to happen except by the word. You want me to move? Declare my word. You want me to answer? Declare my word. This is how God operates, by his word. And I want to teach that, make sure you understand that. And God goes on, he says, the time is coming. I will punish this great city and all her idols. The whole land will be disgraced and her dead will lie in the streets. This is what God says. Dead people, dead bodies will lie in the streets. And the heavens and earth will rejoice. Wrath of the north will come destroying armies against Babylon, says the Lord. And just as Babylon killed the people of Israel and others throughout the world, did you hear that? In the same manner as Babylon killed the people of Israel, and others throughout the world, so must her people be killed. What she sowed, she must reap. Mm. It goes on right now. I'm stopping there at verse 50. You can pick it up yourself. You can pick up the book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. I want to go down to the end. 59. I'll pick up the other verses sometime next week. Verse 59 says, The prophet Jeremiah gave this message to Sariah, the son of Neriah, and grandson of Messiah. A staff officer when Sariah went to Babylon with King Zedekiah of Judah. This was during the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. Jeremiah had recorded on a scroll, parchment paper, all the terrible disasters that would soon come upon old Babylon. All the words written here. He said to Sariah, when you get to Babylon, read aloud everything on this scroll. Read everything aloud on this scroll. Let me say that again. 
Jeremiah 51, verse 61. He told Sariah, when you get to Babylon, and if you get there, when you get there, read everything aloud. Just like you hear me speaking now. Declare it. Speak it. Don't close your mouth and then read it. And you hear it only inside your head. Let people hear it. Let the words come out. Declare it. Read everything on the scroll. Read it aloud. Then, after you read it, say, Lord, you have said, you said that you will destroy Babylon. God said it. The word of God is the Bible. And what the word of God is what God said, what God declared. And God's word declared in the Bible must be declared out of our mouth. Why? God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, my words in your mouth is your power, your authority, your right to root out, pull down, throw down and destroy, to build and plant. You don't do it with sticks and stones, swords and spears, bows and arrows. You do it with my words in your mouth. You declare, you decree my words. You have said, Lord, that you will destroy Babylon so that neither people nor animals will remain here. She will lie empty and abandoned forever. When you're finished reading, listen carefully, when you finish reading the scroll, tie it to a stone, throw it in the Euphrates River. Then say, in this same way, in the same manner, Babylon and her people will sink. Mm, never again to rise because of the disasters I will bring upon her. Declaration and an action. Throwing it in the river and making it sink. Do you know how powerful that is? Do you know how powerful that is? Not only declaring, but throwing stone or throwing dirt. Some people equate that with witchcraft, but it's not witchcraft. But you see, when people curse and they do this, and they're working in the devil's employ, they'll, they'll do stuff like this too. I'm teaching you something here tonight. But this is not witchcraft. This is about the Lord. Declaration. God says, I'm going to make sure that what I declare, my words, will be carried out. The words of God, written on that parchment, wrapped in a stone, and it was thrown in the river, and it sank. And the declaration was made as it sank. It says, in the same way, Babylon and her people will sink, never again to rise, because of the disasters I will bring upon her. Listen carefully. This tells you, the anger that God spoke with, and the intention of God. The world will pass away, heaven and earth will pass, but the words of God will never pass. It must and will be fulfilled. Why? Do you, de do you discern a certain anger? Do you discern a certain judgment? Because what? Babylon has become an abomination to God. 
It has become a horror. It has become a stench in his nostrils. It has become a sewer. And he says, I'm going to destroy it and bury it. And it's going to sink. It will never rise again. Well, thank God for his long-suffering, his mercy, that he doesn't uh, do things in a rash manner. The Bible says, you know, when we try to understand God, well, God, you said this and it didn't happen yet. You said you're coming back. And well, the Bible says, you know, a thousand years with God is like a day. So when we live, or, or should I, let me reverse that. When things go on for a thousand years and nothing happens, this prophecy is made over 3,000 years ago, and uh, Babylon is still here. I mean, the old Babylon is destroyed, yes, but Babylon is still here. Well, that's like three days with God. Thank God he's patient. And when people come on the face of the earth, how long does people live? How long is a lifetime? Hundred years? No, 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 no. Most people don't see seventy or eighty. Most people only see sixty years, if that many. So it will take ten lifestyles, ten lifetimes, beg your pardon, to make a thousand years. We only have one life to live. And we don't know what's gonna happen when we pass away and leave this earth. We're only passing through. But God's word is going to be fulfilled, must be fulfilled. And my point is this tonight, that we are seeing the culture descend lower and lower. Of course, we're more technologically advanced. Of course, we got this thing called GPS. We got the computer. We got the smartphone. We got technology. We got modern medicine and modern inventions, and we got all this wonderful stuff, but we're still creatures that all around us is a sewer. It is an abomination to God. God is angry with this wickedness and this evil every day. And don't think for a moment that you look at your smartphone, you feel so good and you're so proud. You look at your tablet, your nice new laptop or whatever you have, your devices, and you feel so good about it, and you feel like you've achieved, or you maybe have done a program or something, and you graduate, and you feel good. Of course, you should feel good. But don't forget, sin is still sin with God, and the wickedness and the abomination, the abominable things, is still an abomination to God. God is still angry with the wicked every day and with their wickedness every day. God is still upset, angry with abomination. Because he is angry, I am also angry. Why? Like daddy, like son. Every day I see and I read what's going on, it turns my guts in side out. I will never say, live and let live, Norman. Oh, well, Norman, you know, you know how it is. You know, boys will be boys, the world will do, you know, hate his own, do your thing. You know, no, 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 no,
bothers me. It gets under my skin. Because it gets under my skin, I war. And I war for your children. I war for your little ones. I war for the church of Jesus Christ. Because you see, when I look at the condition of the church, the church has a lot of foolish virgins still drinking milk when they should be eating meat, Paul the Apostle says. And I just get that way. It calls me. It just grabs me. I get angry. When I get angry, I make sure I don't sin. But I know how to channel my anger and vent my anger. Vent my frustrations. Bring it into desperation and anger and turn it in a direction where I get results. Code 7 warfare. Because when I begin to war, let me tell you something, I give it all in the hands of the Lord. I know his hands are the right place and the right uh, hands to put it in. He told me, he said, no, when the battle is not yours, the battle belongs to me. You let me fight the battle for you. And I will fix it for you. Go to your bed, Norman. You pray. Put it in my hands and go to bed. Have a good night's sleep. Because there's nothing you can do about it. But when you put it in my hands, I'll fix it for you. And if you get up a day or two later and it still looks like it's not fixed, don't worry. I'm working on it. I don't fix it by your time clock. I fix it by my time clock. But just know, just so you know, and you too also, let me inform you, he's fixing it when you give it to him. When you code the word and you bring the word to God and say, God, look at this. Look at this abomination. Look at this wickedness. Hmm? God says two things. Remember now, don't panic. Don't be afraid. What I want to leave with you tonight, don't panic. Don't be afraid. And again, make sure. What you see out there, the abominations, the wickedness, and the evil, make sure it vexes your soul. Just like it vexed that righteous man's soul lot while he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. I cannot get used to this. No, I refuse to become complacent and say, yeah, you know, people will be people to each his own. No, 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 no. I don't do that. Bothers God, it bothers Norman. It bothers God. It should bother every child of God. You should be coming against it, prophesying against it in prayer every day, in every way, because it's evil. It is wicked, and it is an abomination to my father. I am my father's child. I can't help it. I belong to him. I'm his prophet here. It bothers him, it bothers me. When I, when, when, I, when I see it and it begins to bother me, I have to declare his word, prophesy against it, and let him fix it for me, because he'll fix it. God does not do a thing without us, a prophet, prophesying the word. Do you hear what I'm telling you? He cannot give dominion to man and then turn around and take it back. He already gave us dominion. Can't take it back and do his own thing. We must prophesy and declare it 
by declaring his word, then he'll do it. That's Bible Code 7 strategy. Giving him back his word, reminding him of his word, letting him fix the situation, the conditions, solve the problems, meet the needs. He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask, think, or even imagine. He is able. You don't have to carry burdens. No. You don't have to worry and fret, wring your hands. As the scripture says, don't panic. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Cast the burdens upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And he surely will fix it for you. Bible Code 7. You must get that book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. You'll be blown away at the revelations that are included in that book. Just gave you a little foretaste tonight. A tremendous more. Revelations are in the book. Things are being revealed today. Just as the Bible says, more than ever before. You need that information. So you're not caught up in the spin and the deception that is swirling around us. The world is a cauldron of deception, lies, smoke and mirrors. And when you look at what's going on today, they're lying to you. That's what the devil does. Why? Pretty soon he's going to deceive people. And before you know it, they're going to take the mark of the beast. People run and say, put it in me, put it in me, like they did uh, two years, two and a half year, years ago. Give it to me, give it to me. And they got the market to be, they begged for it. And they got it. Ah. He didn't have to come and say, hey, you must, you know. No, 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 no. He came in tall and he deceived them. And many people ran and begged for it. Give it to me, give it to me. So Bible Code 7 shows you the lies and the deception, how not to be deceived. Because you'll be what? You'll be kept by the Spirit of the Living God. Spirit of the Living God, the Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you into all truth. He'll show you, reveal to you the things that are coming. Watch out for these things. Walk this way. Don't be deceived. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. Bible Code 7, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Make sure you go anywhere Pine Books are sold, store, are sold and make sure you get that copy, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. Tell all your friends about it. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Both now until Jesus returns. He is coming quickly, just as he said. God bless you. Have an awesome and an amazing night. We'll catch you again tomorrow for 12 noon.